1: That would be Karen coughing.
0: <laughs> yes. So, just that our listeners know, I've got the flu, and I just want everybody's sympathy because it happened on my birthday. Oh. So I want everybody's sympathy, and I would hope that there will just be so many messages on our Facebook page saying, "Poor Kaza, <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor
1: princess,
0: poor hmm. princess." That's the one. Bless it. And I think it's probably, it's, it's perfect timing actually because the topic that we've all decided we're going to talk about today is how do we manage to do the things we do and clearly over here,
1: not well. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, and especially, you know, when you're sick, um, it's, it's the hardest I think is to, because you've had to front up today, Karen, because this is our first one back for, the, uh, for 2018, and you've yeah. had to front up and you're going through some things with your fuzzy bear, um, yeah. and you've had to front up with the flu, what's happening in your life, and you've got to do this. And that's, I, I guess that's what they're asking, Kim. They're asking, well, how does she do that? How does she feel like, because the flu is not a cold. The flu is achy and feeling terrible, um and um and going through what you're going through and um yeah how do you front up karen yeah well
0: you know the show must go on is what they say Mm. (coughs) i think um you know i'm i i i often have thought about this because i look at people who are mums, and a very good friend of ours, Min, um, she's a mum of two, brand-new little baby, and um, a little boy, five. And I said to her the other day, I don't have children and I don't know how you mums do it because when I'm tired, I'm feral and I really can't do anything. I throw myself on the floor and I could cry my eyes out like a child and I don't know how mums do it if they're not feeling a hundred percent and she sent me a text message and she said uh, yesterday she said to me just in case you're still fascinated about how mums manage she said I'm so sick but I've still had to wake up get two kids dressed make school lunches kiss one son goodbye when Mm -hmm. daddy takes him to school pack the other one get her ready to go to daycare get in, get dressed, get in the car, drive her to daycare, come back, put petrol in the car so that we're not late picking her up from daycare this afternoon, come home, fall into bed, I'm exhausted. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, and I just marvel, I, and I know I say this often, I think mums are unbelievable human beings. Mm. I don't think I have ever had as much admiration for mums as I have over the last few years. I think it's really struck me how you guys seem to manage to do so much and weather so much when your own life and experience, um, you know, is so demanding. I I, I take my hat off to you. So for me, how I manage, I think I'm the biggest wuss bag walking. I think (laughs) I've got it really, I've got it easy compared to you guys. You know, if I'm sick, because I sent her a message back and I said, oh, wow. I got up, fed the dogs, went back to bed. Two hours later, got up, put a lot of washing on, went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still, I, I think that in, um, in in my life, I, I really can't complain about a thing. I think I've got it really, I'm very, I don't know if it's lucky because I don't have children. I don't think one would say that that's lucky, but I think that um, because I've, not got the kids. I have the luxury of being able to care for myself in a way that perhaps mums can't or don't get the get the chance to do because they're caring for others as much as they are.
2: That's yeah. like an interesting point, actually, mm. though, because when you think about it, um, those of us that have been privileged to become mums, um, I always think of that meme. You know, have ba- have a baby. They said it would be fun. They said, and um, and then you find yourself in this. Absolute maelstrom of chaos, and it's not until you have that first baby that you realize how easy or simple or clear cut life was before that first baby so I agree with you and it was that it's the constant demand it's the no letting up it's the fact that some mums don't get any help um, single mums are even more extraordinary but mums that don't have family around them or other women that are in their network. And I think you're you're absolutely right, Karen. It is, it is exhausting, it is absolutely demanding and there is no let up. However, I think when you give birth to a child, something hormonal um, takes over and that baby that child is it's it's everything and you will you are you become a mother lioness and nothing and no one will come between you and that child in many respects So, you know, unless, of course, we talk to mums with postpartum depression and things like that, of course, there's all that conversation going on out there at the moment. But for the most part, yes, it's exhausting and yes, it's tiring, but I do think something else takes over primarily that has you defend your future. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's amazing to me. And I think because I'm not a mum, I haven't experienced that. You know, I mean, I only know how I feel about my dogs and that I would rip shit and bust if anybody was even to sneeze at them the wrong way. But I think, um, you know, as far as a child is concerned, I can imagine it would be exponentially more um, than anything that I could possibly imagine. And like I say, I I keep taking my hat off to you guys. I, I really, really admire you beyond what words could ever imagine. I think you guys are amazing.
2: Having said that, you know the question that we had from one of our listeners was, "How do you girls do it i don 't think it 's just the fact that we 're mums, um, Cindy and I, or that you Karen, have multiple fingers and many pies and all that you do. I think the real question comes back to you know how how do we do what we do, I guess from a business perspective as well as being mums as well as um, getting up regardless as well as looking after fur babies as well mm-hmm. as partners and everything else that goes on in between and I just think um, You know, Cindy, from your perspective of being a mum, first up, you know, what's your thoughts on being a mum and how that relates to what Karen said, and then perhaps go into, um, you know, how how do
0: you do what you do?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, before I um, answer that question, I want to go back to Karen because you know, Karen just said, "Oh, I've got the luxury of, you know, going to bed. I've got the luxury of, you know, having that time out." Um, On Saturday, she's doing a a day of training, training. And I don't think you have that luxury, Karen. I think you, um, you actually don't have that because you commit to people and your commitment to people. I've never seen you not show up and I've never seen Kim not show up. So... Mm. I just I don't know I, I think you don't have that luxury you still you have run a business you have to show up for that business every single day of your life basically because and I know you work Sundays and Sundays as well because um this is what you do yeah. so um it doesn't matter like children put another thing in the mix but so do your dogs you know and I was talking to your beautiful partner beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was talking to him on the beach and You know, he said, you know, we can't go away because of the dogs. We can't just go off in the uh, drop of a hat because of the dogs. We And I'm sorry, but he was really saying that the dogs, um, (laughs) because of of your love and obviously his love for the dogs is that they are a responsibility just as much, just as a farm is, just as animals, humans, everybody has responsibilities. But I think the key is... Is how do you show up? And 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 Kim, you asking me that? For me, showing up is because um, I think I love it. I, I loved being a mum. Uh, I loved. Um, I love doing what I do. I love nutrition. So I was doing some filming today, and it was all about the Functional Nutrition Academy. And it was I was talking about um, how. You know, as ancest our ancestors ate, and I was talking about all the cultures and how it relates to the diets of today, from the vegetarian diet to the you know the paleo diet, and I and I was going on that, and then it just came out. You know, sometimes when you're filming and you're you're, you're putting a video series together, things just pop out, and it popped out, and I realized um, what it was is that what I said after I explained everything, I said. I have been doing this for 37 years. That's when my first love of food and nutrition started at my first year of university as a 19-year-old. I can hardly wait to listen to the latest podcast on nutrition, read the latest book. Whatever is out there about nutrition, it excites me. I will do it anywhere. I will do it on holidays. I, you know, I, I think that that's the number one key to getting up and showing up is that you love it. You, mm-hmm. you love being a mum. You love your job. You, you, know, you love how you've structured your life. Um, so you know, you know my morning routine. My morning routine is I get up in the morning, I ride to the beach, I swim with a bunch of friends, I have coffee with my friends, I ride home, make a beautiful breakfast, get dressed, and I really even love the, the whole process of dressing now. Especially since meeting Kim and doing oils, and oils like to me are like I don't know how I can explain it, but I put if I forget to put an oil on an essential oil on in the morning, I feel like I'm undressed. So, and then I go to work, and I've got a great crew that I work with, and um, I love doing the filming. I love doing all the different things that I've got to do. Um, I love speaking. um, I love traveling. I love hiking. You know, and I think. I think that's the key, is that if you love what you do, and you love the process of what you do, then how can you not get up and show up and do things and be excited and love life and and get more accomplished than anybody else? Does does that make any sense?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a it's a really great um, comment to make about loving it, but i mean my only challenge on that cindy is there's a lot of people out there that maybe aren't enjoying motherhood as much as they could have because of exhaustion or they're not really loving their job but they still show up and you'd never know and so do you think it's perhaps more than it's an attitude around that i mean it makes it easier when you love it and of course that fires you up to get there i think the question that came to me was um through my email was you know Basically, they just couldn't do what the three of us do as far as running a business is concerned and doing all the talks and giving to ourselves, uh, giving of ourselves to people and all the things. And she's got all the skills. She's qualified in many, many things. She just said, and her her answer was, (laughs) actually, I'm lazy. Um, And she just found, you know, it just didn't fire up enough to run her own business. And I thought, oh, Oh, Hang on a second, Kimmy. I've I've, I've got to jump in on that oh
0: i can't i can't not go on on. (laughs) excuse me um that's fear that's not lazy Ah. because if somebody has the interest and they have the desire but they're not taking action oftentimes they can think that they're lazy simply because they can't get themselves off the couch or they can't get themselves to do the talking or to do all of those things. But when you think about, you know, what we take for granted that we've been doing for 37 years, or in my case, 15 years, and Kimmy, probably 20 years, you know, when what we take for granted as standard business practices today, when we think back to when we first started, I remember when I first stood on stage, I vomited on (laughs) everybody.
1: (laughs) Wish I was there.
2: (laughs) Not in the front row. Not in the front row. (laughs) Not in the front
0: row. That was a horrendous position to be (laughs) in. I remember the fear, and I remember Matt couldn't talk to me for at least seven days before I went on stage because I was feral. I was so touchy and so nervous that um, you know anything that anybody said to me. I could easily construe it as a reason why I shouldn't do it, <laughs> why I shouldn't speak, you know. And it was terrifying. And to actually go out on your own and rely on your own ability to generate money takes a lot of um, courage to take that first step. Once you've taken the first step, then you actually get to see how easy it is. But most people skirt around the uh, the outside. They skirt around the you know, they sit in the grandstands making comment on the game and when they get into the game, they see it's actually very easy to play. But being willing to jump the fence and go from the grandstand to the game takes courage. That when you've been doing it for a long time, sometimes, you know, I know certainly for myself, I've sometimes got to pull myself back to remember those days when I'm coaching or, you know, working with somebody who's just starting out because I know it's it's terrifying. But I think we can't confuse laziness or procrastination With fear, because that's what's sitting underneath it all. It's the I'm not good enough. It's the it won't work for me. What if it doesn't work for me? What if I look like a peanut? What if I risk my family? What if I, you know, what if my husband doesn't support me? All of this sort of self talk is the very thing that stops us from leaping to the next level of life that is actually calling us forward. And I think when we can pay attention to the call rather than all the negative self-talk, then there's nothing but enthusiasm and passion and desire and vision. But then on the other hand, we listen to the negative self-talk and that has much more weight to it. So that lands up holding us down. Um, so whoever it was that was, was messaging you, Kimmy, I think that person just needs to get a coach They need to get a coach to get on their side, to support them, to take that first step. Because if you knew how to do it yourself, you would already be doing it. Mm. When the fact that you're not already doing it simply means you don't know how to do it and you're not supposed to. You know, when you first start out in business, you are not supposed to have the answers. In fact, 15 years in, I still don't have the answers. (laughs) That's so true. You know, we're not supposed to know. That's the very nature of, of life. But certainly... Um, it's the nature of being in business. You know, I think being in business is a very accelerated ride of life because all of your shit comes to the surface real fast
2: mm. and
0: all of your games that you play with yourself, all of the um, sabotage, all of that sort of stuff, it comes to the surface very quickly. And if, again, as I say, if, if we knew how to overcome those things, we'd already be well past them. But challenge is not present for us so that we will keep doing things the way that we've always done them and keep using the tools that we know. Otherwise, challenge doesn't serve the purpose it was meant to. The purpose of challenge is to have us expand, learn something new, discover a greater depth amongst ourselves. And if we're not doing that, then the challenge isn't serving its purpose and all we're doing is circling, spinning our wheels, stuck in a rut, calling ourselves lazy and procrastinating. And we can do so much better than that, but again, just take take the take the pressure off because you 're not supposed to know so find someone who does someone who 's been there before, and they don 't have to cost you a fortune i 'm sure there are many people who'd be willing to share what they know for free um, and walk in the footsteps of somebody who 's done it before until you find your own path and that 's you know that 's the most um, well, from a business point of view it 's the most leveraged way to do it, but also too it 's the most progressive way to do it because you 'll get confidence quickly, and the quicker you get your confidence, the quicker you start to trust yourself, the quicker you start to trust yourself, the quicker you start to expand, develop, innovate, grow, and try new things and that 's what life 's calling us forward to do there you go that's that 's my ten cents worth. You're so good.
1: Oh, it was probably I thirty know. cents. I, know, I it think it was probably probably more than thirty cents worth. I think that was. <laughs> it was. It was brilliant because you're right. Tennis players have coaches. Um, mm. Athletes have coaches. Um, mm. You know, I have a business coach. Kim has a business coach. Karen, you are a business coach.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, no, I have a mentor. I definitely yeah, have a mentor.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've all we've all got those because. Look, I was like I think about where I was before I met um, my business coach. Um, It was Howard Me, one other person, and um, we were in the house, and that was only in two thousand and nine. So not even nine years ago, and he, I was scared. And I had fear about going past where I was. I used to say, oh, I'm comfortable here. I don't need to keep going. No, I'm quite happy here. No, I'm just, you know, you know. I, was, <laughs> I you know, I thought that that was where I, I had done the best job that I could do. I had a book, two books, and a speaking career. And that was all. And I look, at, and I remember I avoided my coach, my business coach, for three months. <laughs> <laughs> I was paying him really good money to avoid him. I, I'll never forget this, and all oh of my the, goodness, that's hilarious! It was because he was challenging me. He was absolutely challenging me, and after three months, I admitted to him I've been avoiding you. You know, I had weekly meetings with him, but I I just had this avoidance about uh, it was I don't know what I was doing, and the minute I stepped up, um, and realized that whatever happens, happens. I've just got to let it go. Let the universe, you know, create whatever it is that we, that's meant to be created. Even though we were creating it, some worked, some didn't work. So I I think it hit the nail on the head. It is fear and it is about getting somebody to help you and coach you through it. And you know, I remember back then he was thirty percent of what I was making in a twelve month period. that's what he cost me and oh. I, yeah, and I thought oh, I'm not paying there's no work I and I can't afford that and then um, i I thought, okay, it's a university degree. I'm going to learn about business it's that that's what I put it down to it's how and I going to university one hour every week it and then doing our homework and then it would happen and now. Um, I look at where we are, and getting things done is I have people doing things for me now. So now it's like you have someone doing your social media, you have someone doing your digital marketing, you have somebody doing distribution, marketing, and oh gosh, whatever else is out there that that, that you do. You and I'll never forget Founder, and I really enjoy following Founder. He's on Instagram, and he he says it's not that I don't like. Um, people that are are smarter and better than me, I employ them or I hire them. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went, that's true. I have no idea. What, What my team does blows me away, absolutely blows me away. And they're all better at what they do than I would ever be at it. And I, and that's, yeah, I guess that's, and I'm better at what I do than any of my team. So we all have our little, piece to play in the whole company um but yeah it was fear on my part um karen and it was um getting a business coach that took that away interesting you always Clara, you make things so clear you know you really as kim's talking and and talking about this person and saying i'm too lazy i just went oh well, you just got to get off your butt but mm-hmm. i think yeah that the fear thing is is definitely um, a, a something that stops people. And what's that book? Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, the other reason could be that they don't have to. You know, like they want to do it, but because they've got a partner that, or they're in a position of of wealth in some respects, you know, that they, they might want to do it, but there's not that drive to have to do it because there's not the have to. There's just the pushing with the want to. What's your thoughts on that one, Kaz?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Well, I think that there's a difference between um so well so the first thing I'd say is there's a difference between a business and a hobby. You know, if you're just doing it for the love of it and it doesn't, you know, it's it's not a business, it's not something that you're generating revenue from and you know, you're not building something, um, then you know, it's it's a hobby, you know, like for me with the animals and all of that, that's my hobby. Um so, but I think if a person wants to start a business, but they don't have to start a business, well, power to you. Because the upside is that you then get to make decisions free from the pressure and the stress of needing to create a financial return. Mm-hmm. And when we need to create a financial return, sometimes that can really cloud our judgments. And we can make decisions based on money rather than based on. Um, our message or gift or offering to the world. And one of the things that I've always said to people that I've worked with is never allow your product or your offering or your service to be determined by the marketplace. Because if we look to the marketplace and we say, well, what do they need? Let me give them that. And that's a very old school way of doing business. If we do that, then the marketplace is always going to change what it needs, which means that your lifespan in business is short at best. Whereas if we can say, well, what am I passionate about? Like Cindy, what do I want? What do I love? Well, I love nutrition. Let me find a way to take that to the marketplace in a way that um, fulfills a need that already exists. So to be able to really um, dive into what you love, what you're passionate about and what you really want to serve the world with without the financial strain, I think is... Is perfect. That's I mean, right. it doesn't, oh yeah, it doesn't get to look any better than that. Seriously, mm. I, I I want to be you when I grow up whoever that is. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you do get to a point in your business where, you know, and I I also do believe that the marketplace rewards longevity. So the longer we're in business, and the longer we stay consistent. And we don't move the goalposts and we, we, we stay in the same line. Like, you Kimmy, know, you're in oils, you'll bring in different oils, you'll add in different programs and you'll do different stuff, but your baseline is oils. Cindy, it's nutrition and it's food and you'll bring in different products and you'll become an education organization, but you're still about, about nutrition, you know? Mm. And I think that um, the beauty of being in business allows us to have that level of variety but if you were doing nutrition one day and selling car tyres the next day and then <laughs> the following day teaching people about Bitcoin and then the following week you're, you're you know, doing yoga, that's when I think that, that um, sometimes people are trying things out to see what they love and you learn what you love by experiencing what you don't love. So when you're know when you doing that, when people are doing that, they're going from one thing to another. Don't beat yourself up about that. Just know that you're figuring it out and you'll figure it out along the way.
2: That's a really good point, actually, because a lot of people think that the minute they start doing something that they're passionate about, it should all fall into place or there's something wrong with them or perhaps they're not good enough or they've missed this and I love what our business coach calls it, which is dumb tax. So, um, to to not set yourself up, to not think of your exit strategy, to not understand patency, to not understand your ABN, to not understand what it means to actually be in business. You know, he always said it's it's information gathering. If you have the luxury to to gather as much information as possible, if you're not qualified in anything to do with business, um, it's probably it's also a good place to be because you you've got a lot of questions and the many people that I've found come into my program or into my business a lot of them say that oh my gosh they've done this course they've done that course they've done this and they still don't know what to do with it and I say, say, surrender to that and be excited that all you've done is created a whole lot of dots. And the more, like you just said, then, Kaz, keep in persevering with it, that i found that the longer you stay in it, the longevity and not being attached to that, everything should give you the answer. At some point, something occurs where all those dots or a lot of those dots start connecting and the interesting thing about life and business and all of those things is then just as you think you've got all those dots connected and you think you're on a path, then something else comes up and you've got to find a whole lot more dots or more information in order to alter to the market or in order to boost um, sales or whatever it is, it is an ever-evolving process and journey, isn't it? And, and it never, ever really ends if you're truly open to what business is, perhaps until you get the $28 million check when someone comes in and wants to buy you out, then it could possibly end. But
1: I like you know, that $28 million. I did like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, you know I've got
2: that written on my wall at home and I've had it since the day I started the business. Thank you for the $28 and buying me out of my business. I honor, salute and cherish you and I'm very happy to continue my life now as I wish. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've got on the inside of my cupboard. (laughs) I love it.
1: Mm. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I I have a question for both of you. So do you ever have days, um, like days where you don't, what do you do when you have days that you don't want to do anything and you, you know, you've got heaps to do, but you just, just don't want to do it. You just what, how do you um, motivate, inspire yourself to get up and do it?
2: You go Kimmy. And um, I guess it's a little bit, I think of it a little bit like, that's the great thing that having children did for me. Hmm. Um, even growing up, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, I used to hate it when Mum would ask me to do the vacuuming. It was just the biggest chore in the entire planet. And why should I? And had this whole attitude around it until one day, I thought, "I'll do it before she asks me." And the praise and everything I got was, "Well, I'm going to have to do it anyway." So I either do it with praise, or I do it with a constant nagging and being in trouble. Or so the same thing, in that, a bit like that book, "Eat That Frog." Um, do the stuff you don't want to do. Get it done. And then enjoy some space. So for me, I probably set rewards on those days. All right. You're not feeling your best. You're not writing. You're not feeling it. Mm. At least read over it or at least um, make some plans about what you'll do the next day. If you can't do it. I think sometimes in business, I I don't know about you guys, but I don't always have that luxury. Often a deadline will make me do something. So, I'll philander along and think I've got all the time in the world and then all of a sudden I'm speaking tomorrow and <laughs> I haven't got my slides. And <laughs> and so a deadline. And then some of the best talks I've ever done have been that I've left right to the last minute. And because I'm so in it, um, you know, I've had feedback from people going, Wow, you put so much <laughs> you put so much into that. I was like, Oh my gosh, if you only knew and I think I was so scared that I don't know, you pull something out of yourself. But for me, it's it's always the fact that I'm going to have to do it anyway. So I either do it with a positive attitude regardless of how I'm feeling or surrender to it and go for a run or do some self-care or do something like my oils, give myself two hours off, go and do a yoga class. I try and... Do something to change my energy, and if I was unwell, like Karen is right now, that's that's really hard because you don't feel like doing anything when you're feeling so exhausted. So, on those days, I take that as a sign that the universe has told me that I need a mental health day, or I need to actually just surrender to it and get myself into bed, or you know, because the at the other thing at the end of the day, no matter what, and I always say. This to people that I know in my circle that work really hard, long hours, and, you know, the family don't see them or, you know, things suffer. There's always a sacrifice, um, I guess, in many instances. And so to me it's like, well, you know, are you working to live or are you living to work? And sometimes getting unwell, if you want to think about it from a metaphysical or even a a spiritual point of view, maybe that's just the universe's way of the body collapsing in a heap so that you will take some rest and maybe you're better off surrendering to that and really focusing on getting well and then give yourself 24 hours or 48 hours.
1: I don't know. Does that help? Yeah, I think, yeah, because you you put two perspectives in when you are sick, you need to rest. It's important that you take time out and you do things, but then when you're just not motivated, you know, you've, you've come up with, well, what do I do then? And it's, I always remember, um, Howard always says, keep moving, just move. Whatever you do, not when you're sick, but when you're not motivated and you don't know what you're doing, just move. Don't sit there because inertia will get you nowhere, but movement might. Whether you move down to the beach and you go for a swim, whether you move um, for a walk or whether you you just move out of a room or do something, but just don't sit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think that's his... his um, thing he just and you know my husband he doesn't stop moving he's never <laughs> <a> major, ever
0: <laughs> so what do you do then Cindy because do you do that do you
1: do you take our advice um, when i'm when I'm not well I take time out definitely um, and thank goodness that doesn't happen very often um, if I feel i'm a little bit tired I may not get up in the morning and do my usual routine of, you know, getting up, biking, swimming and the whole lot. I might just go to the other end of Malolaba Beach, have a dip, go off and have coffee by myself and then come home. So if if I'm feeling a little bit, you know, tired, I will do that. And as far as unmotivated and uninspired, I have had days like it and I've actually surrendered to them because I don't have them often. Um, and that, and I'm not saying to surrender every day to it because if it was every day, then there was some, there's something wrong, but I, I have had days where I just want to sit on the couch and watch mindless you know, series or movies or something like that. And I could probably count on one hand how many times I've done that as far as a whole day and I don't want to do anything and I'm not, I'm not moving and. Don't don't bring me or anything like that. So yeah, and, and I don't even know what the reason was. I, I, like if I look back on those days, I think, well, what was wrong? Why did I feel like that? Why was I feeling unmotivated? Maybe it was the supermoon you know, or <laughs> well, Mercury in retrograde. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was probably that, or my my star sign was something or another. I have no idea. Look, I don't even know. I've got no idea. Um, and I wonder, you know, like I'm, I'm heading into my late 50s now and I think, will you have, do you have more days like that? Um, should you have more days like that? And then I think about our history um, and I, I think about what evolutionally-wise we would do on days like that. And we would probably be earthing ourselves. We'd probably be in nature uh, and, and, and we actually know that the, what's more important than nutrition is electron transfer now. We're beginning to learn this. And, and electron transfer um, means that we're trying to get as many electrons from our food, from the ground, from the sun, from anything. We touch wood. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we did when we went through the Queen Charlotte Pass is that that thousands, how many thousand years old was that tree? But mm. it's
0: 5,000 or something, it was it? It was
1: an enormous amount, yeah, and we all touched it and we all felt something. And it's a transfer of energy, a transfer of electrons where the tree is giving us electrons and we might be transferring to them. And we know in our mitochondria that there is a, 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 a thing that happens called the electron transfer, and that electron transfer Needs electrons to make ATP, which is like petrol for the car, ATP is for our body, and we can get electron transfers by putting um, our feet on the ground um, without rubber by you know it 's called grounding and i the the grounding is a very powerful tool um, for people who are low in energy. go on the sand, um, touch a tree touch the grass, just get out of our synthetic rubber shoes and rubber thongs and just earth. And there's, um, there's a really good video and I'll try and find it and link it on this web webpage, um, I mean on our um, podcast, on our, our Facebook page. But it, um, it basically uh, is a 15-minute video and it talks about this medical doctor who has a baby she's a lady and she has a baby and no matter what she does that child will not settle um cries all the time will fussy when feeding all of that's happening and one day she's just outside with no shoes on with her feet on the grass she thinks i'll just try and feed the baby out here and the baby feeds just perfectly no fussing no crying not being upset and she decided to go inside, the baby fast. She went outside, put her feet on the grass, the baby stopped. And so she got really interested in it and she found this gentleman who was doing a lot of scientific research on this very thing. And, um, yeah, and she did, and I, I don't know, I think it's a combination, but they do this 15-minute uh, video on grounding. So... Maybe that's what gave them the motivation, the energy, the everything, was because they were in nature. I know that when we go hiking, us three, with our beautiful group of friends that we've made, it just energises me to no extent. Walking Mm -hmm. through the Milford Track, I touched everything. I touched the moss. I touched the trees. I, I just wanted to feel everything. I swam in the glacial waters. I did everything I could possibly do. So I think that that would be something that if you are unmotivated and uninspired, take your shoes off, go down the beach or if you don't live near a beach, get out on the grass, um, get the sun on your skin, touch a tree, you know, do anything that's going to give you that electron transfer so you can make energy so you want to go and do something so you feel motivated. That was kind of a long-winded answer, wasn't it? Oh, that's, that's brilliant. brilliant. Beautiful. Yeah. I've
0: been actually Googling the science of grounding here and I'm going to have a look at it oh. when I get off.
1: Yeah, that 15, did you find the 15-minute video? There is a 15-minute video here, but I'm seeing that there's something about
0: a sceptic and I don't want to open it because the sound will go through the, the uh, podcast. Yeah, but yeah, I'm also yeah. looking at Hustleton Post, they did a, um, a, a post on the 19th, sorry, the 29th of May last year it says the earth is like a gigantic battery that contains a natural subtle electric charge a special kind of energy present in the ground for safety and stability almost everything in the electrical world is connected to the ground whether it is an electrical power plant or your refrigerator that's what the term grounded means being grounded also applies to people when you are electrically, electrically grounded. When you maintain your body at Earth's electrical potential, you feel centered, solid, strong, balanced, less tense and less stressed. Um, It goes on and talks about illness um, and the art of grounding. What does it say here? We are bioelectrical beings living on an electrical planet. Our bodies operate electrically. All of our cells transmute multiple frequencies that run our heart, immune systems, muscles and nervous systems. Wow. It's got the healing benefits. It's got everything on this pod, on this post. It's amazing. Yeah. The,
1: um, the scientist that did all the research, and he's been researching it for a long time, he worked with electricity and he noticed that he had to ground all of his electricity and he thought, well, we're electrical units. What's the difference if we ground or we don't ground? And so mm-hmm. he actually the one that um is on the video so i hopefully i will find it i watched it a little while ago but um uh it was yeah it was a really good documentary on on grounding and earthing um and we don't do that we live um on carpets that have rubber underneath we wear rubber shoes like nike and um all of them they're all rubber rubber shoes um I did a, a course in um, wild foods and wild medicine and I actually interviewed the guy with this and I saw his shoes and I said to him, where did you get those shoes? Because they were leather. They were not, you know, they are the old fashioned leather. They weren't the rubber. Um, and he was always grounding with his leather because leathers, um, sorry, um, sorry, I just realized vegan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes i say things and i go oh there we go again." Okay. there
0: we go no 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 no, no it's fine actually i've just found that link for you anyway sorry oh. Just it
1: to you. oh you found it yeah i've just sent it through to you thank you good yeah. wonderful so no, no, i would I get watch that. this everybody i would watch this because it's um it's it really makes you think about touching um and having that electron transfer and um, it's any natural substance, isn't it, Cindy? Mm. That's
0: why you say leather, because leather is still a
1: natural substance, isn't it? Yeah, it's anything that will allow the electron transfer to go through. Whereas, you know, we know that rubber's an insulator. We, you know, that you're safe in a car when a, a lightning strikes. Um, so we know it's an insulator. So it insulates electron transfer. Um, whereas, and and the same with that stuff that they wrap around the electrical um, wiring. That's an insulator. So. Any any material that is an insulator will stop you transferring um, electrons. Interesting, huh? Mm. Oh my gosh, I could listen to that all day. Yeah, I know. But I think that's why we get so energized by you know our our hiking in Peru and and New Zealand. And I've just come back from the Milford Track, and I just I, I, I was in total awe. And um, I, I don't know how to describe the feeling I have. I don't want to stop. It gets to the yeah. end and I go, no, I want to keep walking. Where can I go now? What can I walk now? And the whole time I was in New Zealand, I, I was looking at 10 more tracks we could do. And, um, oh. and, and we're going to do it. We're going to um, do another one Let's with chat. For a Chat where we are going to go and, and hike um, some tracks, aren't we? Yes, oh, yeah. it's a playground. That's what it is. Um, Karen, what do you do when you're demotivated,
2: unmotivated? Do you, do you throw tantrums? Like just tell us, tell us yeah, something yeah, really
0: Yeah,
2: odd. yeah, <laughs> Okay, well, ready? I watch the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was not expecting that. Oh, no, I no. wasn't either. Oh, the
1: Kardashians,
0: for Oh, yeah, instance. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, totally. It's like, it's so mind numbing. It's so good. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous TV ever, but oh my goodness, sometimes it is just like what the doctor ordered when I just need to not think and have a complete mind numbing moment. And some, you know, I find some days cause I'm doing a lot of writing at the moment and, um, Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I think, wow, I am thick as two short planks right now. Like I've got nothing. (laughs) There is absolutely nothing coming out. And so strangely enough, I'll turn on the Kardashians. And because it is so mind numbing, it's almost like it gives my brain a rest and then I can start again. I know that just sounds so bizarre. It's like it just kind of gives me a mental break. Yeah, um, <laughs> <but> also, t- <laughs> I well, I can hear you wanting to wet yourself, too I, <laughs> I want
1: to watch it. I want to
0: watch it too. Me too. I've never watched oh, it. You haven't? Oh no. gosh! Seriously, girls, you're missing out on some serious fashion tips here. I'm like. <laughs> So how to do your make-up, you know, it's like a second role. <laughs> if
2: you're going to talk that there, you need to add in a like totally, totally, you know, like totally. Like totally. Oh, like totally. Like, to- yeah. like, like, like totally. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, my gosh. I just want to throw up.
1: I know. I do you know, one of, I think Tania watches... She watches some mind-bending thing like the Kardash. I can't. I can't watch it. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but then you know, I might watch something that you'll think, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> I couldn't that." <laughs> it's going to be, that. I mean, if good if to be something know, that you don't have to think about. Like you're yeah. not allowed to
0: have to think. You can't. You can't actually. It can't be something like Game of Thrones or something where you've actually got to follow a story.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think she watches The Housewives, The Real Housewives of Orange County, or something like that. Oh and, yeah! And I'll see her watching, and I go, "What are you watching?" But I, you do get sucked into it. I've got to admit, and you you start listening to them, and you just got to know what their next thing comes out of their mouth is. Oh, because the drama! Oh <laughs> yeah!
0: <laughs> oh, the drama is hilarious. But I, I totally am with you, Cindy, in that that you know walking through nature. And you know, when I've, I've just, I've literally only just started swimming in the ocean. I, I haven't been this week because I've been sick, but I've literally just started swimming in the ocean and I can see why you do it. It's, it's the most um, closest thing to heaven I've, I've ever experienced. And um, I can totally get why immersing yourself in nature is such a refreshing, recharging, blissful thing to do.
1: Hmm.
0: Absolutely astounding. I had no idea it was
1: that spectacular and I just kicked myself that I didn't start earlier. Yeah, it it is it's energizing, isn't it? Like this morning I I didn't wake until late and you know we meet at 6:30 and um I didn't wake until like I think it was just before 6:30 so I knew I was going to miss my swim. So I and I I knew it was raining. So I got in the car and I drove down to where they finish. And I jumped in, <laughs> pretending Ooh. i the whole way. You're hilarious. <laughs> so I jumped in and pretended I'd swum the whole way. And, and then Henry says to me, who's one of our beautiful swimmers, he says, oh, my gosh, Cindy, I didn't see you at the beginning. And I just went, that's because I just jumped in, Henry. <laughs> but it was, it was also Henry's birthday. And, yeah and so then i went uh, then I went for coffee, even though I only just got a dip it's i' still um there's something that gives you those those ions and that um transfer of electrons that energize me enough went to coffee and then I've been filming all day and yeah i I guess it's horses for courses it's what works for for the person, and I guess what we're trying to do here is give some ideas of how we do it, and I find it interesting that. The princess loves Kardashian. <laughs> the tart, the tart loves the pampering, and yeah. bear grills love nature. Well, you know it's horses, of course. That's <laughs> hilarious. It is. Horse. I well, I could
2: also add in something else in there <laughs> that would release a lot of oxytocin and nitric oxide because that's also something that will help. Oh feel a skanky, so, $2 You know, if you really want me to go
1: where I think we should, seriously. Go <laughs> Oh my goodness, <laughs> Karen! Come on, you knew she was going to go there. I just didn't. <laughs> she didn't say anything, so I just put the tart. at, <laughs> You know, nurturing herself through you know pampering.
2: <laughs> yes, well, that was well by said one, hmm. by by oneself or with others. It's <laughs> it's, it's oh I do yeah, <laughs> Karen. I in ask, nature or in the house. Hey, in nature is always a good place, always a good place. Just don't get caught. Um, <laughs> like on um, a golf course. <laughs> what?
0: Nothing, nothing. What are you saying? This is a private joke. This means it's happened. You two are laughing like it's happened. <gasps> no, no, no,
2: no, no.
1: So I wanted to oh, ask you. Wouldn't you wouldn't think Karen. it was me, would you, Karen? <laughs> Cindy was no. you. No, it wasn't me. Yes, like you can No, no, seriously, you would not think it's me. You went straight to the person who would be the one who would do that. One who would do that? <laughs> Stop it, you But Cindy, okay. was it you? No, it wasn't me. It was you. Like, didn't you hear the story while we were in Queenstown? No, she didn't. As we the pointed over to the golf course, and she said, "What happened? Nothing. Nothing. Queenstown. Nothing." Right?
2: I looked for it balls.
1: Is. I looked for <laughs> <laughs> golf balls. Oh, of course,
2: you did. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh dear
2: Listen, listen, yes, do listen. whatever it takes to keep yourself motivated is what done, I window. say. I think that would be my favorite piece of advice. Karen, oh, I want to ask you, is it possible? I've got nothing to say on that. No, no, no I'm, I'm dead serious <laughs> because, okay. Um, for many people, um, not knowing what you want to do, let alone how to stick to it, is also a big thing, which can also cause people to feel really worthless, useless, not good enough. And the other thing that will occur for people wanting to start a business is that they think, what's the point when there's so many people out there doing it already? What's both your answers to that? If somebody, like, for instance, came through the nutritional program, through your programs, Karen – And then they went, oh, there's no point me being another health coach or another um, speaker when there's so many out there. What would be your answer to those people?
0: Well, it's pretty easy. It's pretty straightforward. If you can think of everybody as like a flavor of ice cream, vegan, coconut, and if you can think of everybody as a flavor of ice cream, then there'll be lots of different, you know, we're all ice cream, but we all have different flavors. So I am, you know, like Praline and, (laughs) um, you know, Kimmy might be caramel swirl Mm. and Cindy might be strawberry shortcake.
2: But everybody's getting it. I like mine. I like mine. You
0: like your caramel swirl? Mm, Nice. I
2: love salted caramel caramel swirl. Yes.
0: (laughs) So we're all ice creams but everybody's got different flavours and no one would ever have your flavour. So when you go into business for yourself, especially when you're, um, well, it doesn't really matter whether you're providing a product or a service. One of the first things that I recommend the person do is look into what is the flavor that you are and what does that flavor taste like? What does that flavor have to offer? What does that flavour want to offer? And it's not even a case of actually have to offer, because most of us would say, "Well, I don't have anything to offer. I'm just a normal person. I'm just a housewife." Well, it's just me, like I'm nobody, and that's pretty much a common response. But what is it that I want to offer? Well, I really want to. I really want to offer my services in a way that moves and inspires people. I really want to. Um, share what I know so that people's lives are enhanced and they can be inspired. And I'm going to do that through aromatherapy oils, or I'm going to do that through nutrition, or I'm going to do that through, you know, uh, events and seminars and coachings and things. So how, so we can figure out what you want to offer to the public and, you know, that's got to come from within. And then what's the flavor that you bring to that? So if I'm, you know, if, and I look at myself when I first started speaking, I remember talking to a speaker's bureau and they said to me, "Um, don't do it. Whatever you do, you're thinking of being a speaker, don't do it. It's too hard and it won't work. And I thought, oh, my God, right, Mm. all right then. Well, I know I've got this real passion to do it and I really want to do it. I'm scared to death of it, but I really want to do it. And they said, no, 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 unless you're a performer or you have an acting background, you'll never succeed. And so then I thought, okay, right. Well, then I've got to go and I've got to go and look into acting classes then. And so I looked into acting classes, and then as I was halfway through that, I thought, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be on stage and be a performing monkey. I'm not going to do that. I have a message that I want to share, and I'm not going to do it through acting. Mm. I'm going to do it through authenticity. And it was. It, it took me about maybe eight months or nine months to really work through that, where I had to really put my desire on hold because I was talking to somebody who was such an expert at it. And then I looked at how many other people were speaking. And then in Australia, there are 25,000 speakers that I would be competing with for work. Oh, wow. I know, right? So I thought, well, what's the point of that? There's just no way. But having said that, the desire didn't go anywhere. So I just found a place to start. I asked the question, who already has the people that I want to serve? And as it turned out, it was the women's networking groups. And so I started there. And then I discovered how to share my story in a really authentic way. And that cost me about 80 grand to learn how to do that properly. And then I just started doing it. I just practiced and I didn't, you know, it was that whole, uh, what do they call it? The unconscious incompetence. Mm. So I was so incompetent, I had no idea that I was incompetent. I was unconscious of it. And then you move from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence where you realize, OMG, I don't know anything and I know I don't know anything. And that's the scariest part, but just around the corner is conscious competence. And then from conscious competence comes unconscious competence. So, you know, I I think that um, a willingness to start With your flavor, but figure out what your flavor is. Figure out what you want to do for people, what you want people to feel. Now, one of the things that I talk to people about in my events, or used to talk to them in my speaker training, is think about how you want your audience or your listeners or the people that you serve, how do you want them to feel once they've completed working with you? What are they going to think, feel, or do differently to what they do when they start with you? And then that is enough to get the wheels turning. I'm figuring out well that is my flavor that's what i offer that's what makes me unique and then just get up and start doing it start doing it in small steps but start don't mm. don't stop just start and then you'll start to see that you know it's kind of like that that whole universal business thing you don't have to try hard you don't have to bust your hump you really don't but you your job and i and i put this out on a facebook post once where i said my business partner is the universe my job is to be my part in that in that partnership is to know what we're providing why we're providing it and then to shut up and listen hmm. and that's my part the universe's job is to bring me my people it's to bring me my opportunities but i must be open and i must be in alignment and i must be willing the minute I shut any of it down with negative self-talk or I'm not good enough, the universe stops partnering me. It says, oh well, we'll still be here, but we'll just wait for you to get over this. <laughs> mm. And I can honestly say I had a bit of a meltdown in June last year where I just put all my tools down. I didn't do anything. And I've, I've just been really shutting up and waiting. And in that process, more opportunities have found me than have ever found me i'm making more money now than what i've ever made and i'm doing it with absolute ease there is no effort i can tell you hand on heart there is no effort whatsoever because my effort goes into staying in alignment rather than pushing and striving and ambition and trying to make it work Hmm. now it just works and i think that you know that takes time but Our job is to really get clear on what it is that we want to take to the marketplace, what it is that we want to offer, and then get excited about that and then let the universe start to bring you your people and your opportunities. And it will. That's how it works because the universe planted that desire in you in the first place. It didn't come from nowhere. It came from somewhere. Mm. We just have to jump into bed with that. We just have to be intimate with that. We just have to accept and trust and, and build a really intimate relationship with that that it has come from somewhere. It is not, it is not, um, it's not, it's in you, but not of you. So it's in you. You decided you wanted to do it. It's in you. It's there, but it didn't come from you. It's come from a much grander place because the world needs you. The world is out of balance without you. So every day that we don't step into our heart's deepest desire is another day that the the world stays out of balance and we can do better than that because the only one who suffers well, you suffer because, you know, we don't – you suffer because you don't feel fulfilled, but the world suffers because we're not getting your contribution to our balance.
2: Mm.
1: So good. I perfectly mm. said.
0: Mm.
2: Absolutely. So pick your flavour,
0: you know. I don't know if you want to be strawberry shortcakes in you, but I just thought that sounded cute. I'll
1: take, it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take strawberry shortcake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's my twenty cents worth. Gosh, I've put a lot of have put a lot of twenty cents in this this podcast, haven't I?
1: And didn't we say I wasn't going to talk? much? <laughs> <laughs> you ask the questions, we'll tell the talking. And but see, you, this is your love. This is your passion. This mm. is this is what you do. And look at you. You've got the flu, um, and lots happening. And you step up to the plate, Karen. And I've seen Kim do it too. I've seen Kim just completely. Um, not doing well in in many terms, and she just gets up and and does what she needs to do. Do you know the other thing that I learnt? Like last year, for instance,
2: doing that talk at your place, and if you remember at, at your conference, and mm. if you remember, my back had gone into spasm. Yeah, and and I remember thinking, well, I have to do this, and I think being honest about where you're at too can also support you because you then said to the audience that my back wasn't great, then. Beautiful Ruthie came up and the whole room did a, a, some sort of healing with me and then I was fine. And I think sometimes it's okay to say you're not in a great space and to ask for support. I, do you think that's fair, girls, too? Like mm. I think it's okay, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: Mm. Absolutely. So like, well, like Karen said, authenticity. You are authentic, mm. Yes. And that's you know, what it
2: is. It's being maybe okay. it's to not thinking we have to be something we're not or trying to be something that someone else is. And, you know, when it comes to a couple of things that I've taken from different coaches that I've had is when you're not sure what it is that you want to do or if you've been given an opportunity to do something, then write down all the things on the upside of doing that opportunity and make sure you write all the things on the downside of that opportunity or dream or desire. And then the last question is can I live with the downside? So I I really like that one and I also really love, um, you know, when you, that surrendering that that the universe can take over, that not even take over, that the universe has already got your back. I love what um, Karen Mm. said there and I think it's really important to, Um, to believe in yourself and to trust that when things don't go the way you wanted, in hindsight, you'll look back on that and realize it was the best thing that could have happened or that there was an incredible learning or an opportunity from that. And there's nothing wrong with having bad things happen. It just sucks when you're in the middle of it. So, you know, I, I think we're a little bit hard on ourselves. And I've always said to people, particularly that listen to this podcast, um, they are already in there. I would suggest all of us that listen to this podcast and are a part of it, we're in a bubble and we all think that everyone thinks the way we think and therefore we think there's not enough um, or there's too much information or too many people doing same things we well, only have to walk into a Westfield shopping center to know that <laughs> yes. 90% of people in there probably even all the people in the food hall have got no concept or idea that there's even another way of being let alone There's a better way of being. So it just reminds me sometimes when I go out into the real world and away from you girls, when I'm not with my, my crew or my people, when I step out into that other world, it's, it's actually mind-boggling, and you've got to remember that there's going to be thousands, if not millions of people over the next decade that are going to require the help of you um, who are standing there going, I don't know if I should do this or I'm not sure if I should be a coach or go into business or whether I should be another person who talks about functional nutrition. Oh, I don't, I don't know. There's enough of them out there already. Look at how many. Oh, my goodness. I think we're all going to be safe in this work, in this field, um, sadly. Uh, for many years to come. So I would just just like to add that if you've got a passion, then let it fuel your purpose. Leave the world with a beautiful signature that whatever it is that you do out there, it might be 10 people in your company or your business that you have clients with or you could be someone like Cindy and Karen who have basically tens if not hundreds of thousands of people and just trust that you guys are on the right path, however that looks. It's, it, I love Karen's words. It's imperfectly perfect.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Well, I think that we could talk about this for a long time in how we do things in and how we change and we've all got different perspectives um and i'm hoping that this has helped people who are listening um and whether they're a you know a tart a princess or a bear grills as to how to cope with this (laughs) what do you think miss karen have we lost her have we lost her all right well we've obviously lost it so let's so no let's. no
0: no sorry sorry oh. I, was on mute. I was telling this great story and I didn't <laughs> <laughs> I put myself on mute because I was coughing and I'm so sorry
1: <laughs> tell the story um, and finish up Miss Karen
0: <laughs> <laughs> well no I mean I'm with you 100 percent, Cindy I think everybody's going to do it the way that they do it and like you say, whether you're a tart, you're a princess or you're a Bear grills, and totally love mud baths, <laughs> I think that...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, we have these little jokes that go on. Okay,
0: go on, go on. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. I think everybody will find their own way and I think that the um, out of today's podcast, if there's a message that I can leave for everybody, is to just trust yourself. Be willing to listen and be willing to believe that, What you feel in the deepest heart is that it's come from somewhere. So rather than trusting somebody else's opinion or even your own opinion, which is flawed by, you know, I'm not good enough and all that sort of stuff, rather let yourself go and let your imagination run wild with you when you think about what could be possible and spend more time, more energy thinking about what's possible, even if you don't do anything yet spend all of your time and your energy into thinking about what's possible based on your heart's deepest desire and leave the rest to the universe because it will make it happen in its own good time and in your good time. Trust that you're always being looked after and you're never going to lose anything and nothing's going to be taken away from you and you're never going to be forced, but you will be led and you will be guided. So if you can just learn to trust your inner voice trust your heart's deepest desire and that's the desire that comes with a little bit of, Oh my God, can I do this? (laughs) You know, it's that, it's that idea when you get that, that's the one that's come from higher places and it has no obligation and it has no fear and it has no shoulds to it. It's only, Oh my goodness, what ifs? And if you can let yourself run wild with that, then the universe will take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. And you know, what do you got to lose? Stay in your job. Keep earning your money, doing what you're doing. You're doing okay. And when the time is right, you'll know. There'll be no question about it. And my dad gave me that great advice when I was young. He always said, you know, until you know what to do, sit on the fence. Don't do anything because the time will come when you'll know exactly what to do. And until that time, don't do anything because it's premature. And pretty soon you'll get a very sore crutch and a very (laughs) sore freckle and you will make a move. Yeah, it's just how life works so I'm that much <laughs> we'll leave you all with a sore crutch that's uh all righty then. over to you kimmy <laughs> no just kidding.
2: mine's that's sore for a much different reason Oh, oh, funny. Oh, back funny. to the golf course mate. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh funny you uh, you need to come on one of our trips team if you're listening to this you need to come and that's where all these little things come out you see <laughs> <laughs> oh will we get the that. details out soon maybe for our next year's trip yeah
1: yes.
0: definitely
2: because we're just waiting on that
0: from um for you aren't we cindy with your
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. look, we are. And like Europe's going to be, so let's just have a quick chat about this. So yeah, um, what we want to do is we want to walk around Mont Blanc and um, it, it will take us 10 to 12 days. So it, it and you go through Switzerland, France um, and Italy. So you will hit three countries. Um, we could do the Italian job in Commaillère. Look, there's just so much that we can do. Now, it's not going to be a cheap trip. So the thought was, um, there was some conversation that went on, that we might do Europe in 2020 and do New okay. Zealand again in 2019, which it will either be April or November. They'll be on in season because you can't hike in the snow season. So it would be um, either April or November. And we would do um, Greenstone and the Rootburn Track so it's still princess camping and hiking it's it's good yeah. yes it it is still there but the scenery is spectacular it's like being in the andes it's like being in the in europe it's like i like i like i said i've just come back from the milford so um we were thinking about doing it that way and i think that what will happen is people will go yes i want to do mont blanc yes i want to do new zealand so we we will most probably put them out within a very short period of time together and then everybody can make their decision. Um, There will be a minimum amount that will have to go for us to proceed with this, um, but we'll put it out there. So if you are interested in coming to Europe with us in 2020 2020, and New Zealand in in 2019, could you please send us an email so that we give you the information because I had one lady in New Zealand say, I listened to all your up for chats and I didn't know you went and did Queen Charlotte Pass. I would have done it. So let's make it that, send us um, an email, send us some information um, that you are interested in getting our emails about these two trips so that you don't miss out um, because we, we can only take so many um, I think 15 is our maximum on the uh, Europe trip and it is definitely um, 15 to 20 on the green the green one, what is it called, um, Greenstone and Rootburn track. So it's a six-day, five-night track. So send us your email, send us your information. We'll keep you in touch as to when all the information comes out so that you can be first to um, book in and... Karen has this wonderful payment system. So if you really want to go to Europe in 2020, you can start looking at it now and going, okay, this is what it's going to cost me. Then I need this much every month. I, that's achievable for me. So that's yeah. what we want to do. We want to make it achievable. because We'll have to go in June or July of 20, uh, possibly June, late June of 2020. So that's really, you know, it's only 18 months 18, yeah it's not far it's it's 2020 so it's 2019 it's two and a half a half years it's two and a half years but that gives people plenty of time and then new zealand is next year so give us give us your information and um, we can hardly wait to do it again we'd have, have so much fun with our listeners and <laughs> we've become really good friends with many of them <laughs> oh yeah it's yeah. amazing yeah we have it's wonderful oh it's beautiful
0: All right, no, that's cool. So for everybody that's listening, if you're interested in either New Zealand or the 2020 trip through Europe, make sure that you go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com and you let us know New Zealand or Europe or both and then we can send you guys the information as soon as our pricing strategy comes through. So, um, awesome. Great. Fabulous. Well, hopefully you guys have loved today's podcast and really enjoyed as we've kind of gone down the rabbit hole a bit. Um, if you've got your comments again, go to all the W's dot forward slash for a chat, or you can also go to all the W's dot the wellness guys, The Wellness Couch, The Wellness Couch, all the W's dot com forward slash Up For A Chat. It's a new year and I swear I will get this right.
1: (laughs) We've only been doing it four years, five years maybe. I think we're going into our fifth
0: year. (laughs) Oh, terrible me. Terrible me.
1: I love it. I love
0: it. So join us here next week on Up For A Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world and we are going to see you on the hike.